Welcome to the Homeschool High School Podcast, brought to you by SevenSistersHomeschool.com and the Ultimate Homeschool Podcast Network. I'm Vicki, and I'm so excited to connect today with Cheryl Bastian, who is an advisor for homeschoolers, like helps you through the process. So Cheryl, just let's just jump in, say hi, and tell everybody about you and your homeschool journey and the things that you do. Sure, thanks for introducing me and, and thanks for having me on the podcast. Speaking to homeschooling parents, empowering families is, is a passion of mine, as well as education and learning. Though it's taken a little bit of a different rabbit trail than I thought it ever would uh, when I started out. I'm a mom of eight. I have those children ranging from 31 to five. So there's a huge big span. I began homeschooling in 1993. I have four graduates and I have a current high schooler, a middle schooler, an elementary schooler and a kindergartner. And I would call myself probably a more of a reluctant homeschooler. At least I was in the beginning. Now I'm all in with, with both feet, two hands, everything. Um, I've jumped mm -hmm. full dive in mm -hmm. because I have learned that homeschooling at its very richest is a tutorial method, meaning teacher and student. And the students are all different. They're very unique. Uh, they're individuals. They are becoming individuals. They're all gifted differently. And what I love about homeschooling is that we, as parents, in this case, uh, get to come alongside of our kids and what's already in them and bring that out and affirm that and empower that and foster that. Yeah, that's what, what's important to us at Seven Sisters Homeschool is exactly what you said, is bringing out what is already in the student. Like God has things he's given our kids and we have the joy of getting to see that develop. So what are some things that, that you have done with your high schoolers? So, you know, as you've brought out what you see in them, what are courses and credits that you guys have worked on? Yeah, I just want to back up a little bit because what I see happening, not even, even in my home, really, I mean, because I'm still in it and yes. we all have to fight that fear. Um, we all have to fight that, oh my goodness, is it going to be enough? Or do they really need this? Or what if I do this? Am I going to miss out on the algebra? Or am I going to miss out on this? You know, it's those conflicts. And what I noticed in my own self and in the parents that have, gosh, we've been homeschooling 26 years, but we've also been evaluators in our state for 25 years. So we've worked with a lot of families, hundreds and hundreds of families. Um, and in that time, what I noticed parents, they hit high school and they hit this roadblock. It's like, okay, breaks on. Okay, we got to get serious. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. What I see interest-based is not any different than when we did our unit studies in the elementary and middle school years. It's really, interests are really unit studies. They're independent studies tailored towards what do you love? What are you liking? What's going on in your current situations? Whether that, you know, in the younger years is car schooling. In our situation, we've had a son who was working on an Eagle Scout project. And it was quite a large Eagle Scout project that he actually built mm -hmm. a shed, digging footers. Um, it was eight by 12, putting on the siding, everything from mm -hmm. ground up, literally digging ground, going to get permits, drawing the plans, um, mm -hmm. coordinating all the subcontractors. And I got into this and I went, oh my goodness, like he's spending five and six hours a day on this. Um, and yes, algebra for a little while had to kind of take back seat because when you're in the midst of um, construction, like it doesn't stop, it keeps moving. And yeah. so what I realized is, you know, he was figuring out the slope of the roof. And my dad said, well, Cheryl, that's the Pythagorean theorem. And I went, um, okay. <laughs> so I realized like we're taking all of the meat of these foundational skills and we're applying them. And that was what 
was so rich. So we did that. I took that Eagle Scout project and I realized there's so much richness and depth here. I've got to capture this somehow because I believe the transcript is a one-page snapshot of who that child is. So when you get a transcript and it sits in front of you, and I've seen hundreds, you should know exactly, oh, this kid's gifted in early childhood education, or this child's wired for equine sciences, or this child is an engineer. If you, sh it's, it's, you mm -hmm. should see it. And as homeschoolers, we have that ability. So with, with, my, with that particular son, when he was working on that, I wanted that to show up on the transcript. And I wrestled with, oh, can I double dip? Like he's doing an Eagle Scout project. Well, yeah, but the content he's learning, I can't, I want that to show. It was like 600 hours. Now I didn't yes. give him six credits. I ended up saying, okay, what is, what's the basis? It's a building introduction to building construction. So I gave him a credit in that. And then I gave him a, a half a credit in drafting and drawing because he literally did have to use a program. He had to draft it. He had to draw it. He had to take it to the engineer. He had to take it to the architect. He had to get sealed. And I came back to him with some things he had to fix. So he had this conversation going on with the architect. I felt very confident that I could give him that credit and a half mm -hmm. and it could be reflected on his transcript. Mm -hmm. In my other daughter's case, we went through a real hard time. And that's why I say some of these things are situational. They're like what stuff they're already interested in or things that your family's going through at the time. And in her case, she was a senior and my grandmother was very ill between January and, and until the time she passed in May. And it was, you know, we were going to the nursing home or the assisted living in the hospital, wherever we were going two and three times a week, but it was a rich time. I wanted them to spend time with their great grandmother. And at the end of the semester, of course, I'm getting ready for my own homeschool evaluation. And I'm kind of having one of those boohoo moments. And I said, I don't know what I'm going to put on this transcript. <laughs> and my daughter said, well, what about all this stuff I learned with Grammy? And I went, oh my goodness. Like, okay, what did you learn? Cause I really like, I'm like, okay, tell me cause I need some help here. Mm -hmm. And she started list, listing off about 20 different bullet points of things that she had pulled out of that semester. She had gone to every single, like five assisted living, livings with my mom and I, and listened to financial advisors, listened to the medical team, listened to all of the program and facilities directors and met with just everybody. I mean, she did exactly what we did. She went to the hospice care center and learned about hospice. And she researched that and what would be the best care for grandma there was no textbook, but I'm telling you, there were conversations. There was walking alongside mm -hmm. of these professionals, which I, I didn't amass that knowledge. I don't have that. That's not my expertise, but mm -hmm. she literally had come up with about 20 different things. And I felt confident after looking at that, I went, oh my goodness, she really did learn how to care for elderly people. And they're not just care for them emotionally. Cause of course we were going to assisted living. We, we met friends there. We made hard for them. We nurtured them and they're in the end of life, right? So we learned about adult and geriatric development, just all of that. And so I thought, okay, but I don't know what to call this. And I'm pretty sure that there's no high school in the United States that offers elderly care, probably. So I sat down and I had to affirm myself, okay, we really did learn something. We, we figured that out. She, she regurgitated that to me of what she learned. Mm -hmm. And then I had to title it. So I went to Google and I said, okay, Google, you know, um, senior healthcare facility, um, high school class in elderly care college class in elderly care, geriatric medicine. I mean, I just Googled all these things. And finally, I came up with a community college that offered a, a, a class called um, Care and Concerns for the Elderly. And I read the course description and the things. I even looked at the syllabus and I went, that's exactly what we did. We didn't have a teacher. We didn't have a an instructor. We didn't have a textbook. But we had 
life. And we had professionals <clears throat> who were very versed in what they did, obviously. So I felt, again, I felt very comfortable that I could give her that credit in, in health and um, cares and concern for the elderly. So those are, those are two of the, you know, vast <laughs> experiences we've had. That those are so wonderful. And you know, what we always tell our kids is all of life is education. Yes, absolutely. And if it's relevant to where they want to go or what they want to explore, we capture it on the transcript. Now I'm curious, how did with, with your son and with your daughter in their really wonderful life experiences that, that good life preparation, did you have any documentation you kept like in your portfolio or records um, you know, course, you developed a course description or how did you kind of give yourself a, a paperwork backup or did you say, I know what we did and mm -hmm. it's on the transcript? Both. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good. So for my son in his Eagle Scout project, he had to keep a notebook. Like that was part of his, the leadership part of that project. Uh -huh. So he had all the hours he had served. He had very strict documentation of what he did this Saturday, what he did with he had pictures of the footers that they dug. He had pictures of the walls and the framing and every part of the process. So he, mm -hmm. there was definite documentation. I would say that probably the most of it, yes, there was paperwork, but definitely a photo. He had a, like, you know, a pretty much a scrapbook of the process. He also had all the emails that he had when he went to raise, he raised $6,000 worth of product and um, wow. services that went into this project. So he had all of those emails. So I copied the, you know, I copy and pasted them on a Word document because that became writing for him. You know, he's corresponding with people. And and we talked about that. How do you talk to this professional? How do you title that person? How do you, you know, all of that real life stuff. Mm -hmm. So I copied all those, put those on a Word document. He had a log of his hours because he had to keep that for his project. Um, so that was pretty much a notebook that he had already developed. And I knew that if somebody really cared and asked, we would have that as documentation. Yeah, he had his own record keeping, which is wonderful, especially if the kids can do it and you don't have to do all of that. Amen. So, marvelous, <laughs> yes. Now, on my with my daughter, of course, she was a senior, and it was very obvious she was going with me mm -hmm. to places. So I knew she was doing something. She was with me, and we yes. were in conversation in yes. the car. She was caring for my mom. So when I what I would do is for my our state, we have to keep a log. Um, which for my son, that was his log, and for her, I just yes. wrote down you know, conversation um, about levels of care, conversation, assisted living, um, uh, mm -hmm. medication, all of that. Like I just would write down conversation yeah. about this, conversation about that, uh, yeah. conversation with the healthcare provider, conversation with activities director. So really just, just very basic logging. Yep. Basic. <laughs> but I knew in my heart of hearts that if somebody sat down with my daughter, because some colleges now are going for personal interviews, mm -hmm. I knew in my heart of heart she'd be able to sit down and sit, and they'd be like, "Whoa," because <laughs> I was, I was floored yes. with all she had learned. So I really wasn't worried about it. And I did write courses. You asked about that. I did write for both of my kids. I did write course descriptions, though I never needed them for the colleges those two chose. Yeah, it's it's nice to do the course descriptions just for your own backup. Absolutely. But it, I I love that you guys didn't give yourself an ulcer as you went through the no. process. You just did log sheets. <laughs> I have done that though. I have given myself ulcers. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, truth be told, all of us homeschool moms have given ourselves ulcers over one thing or the other. So yes. But that's that's wonderful. Is is each kid you saw things that life was giving them or that was their interest. And you were able to capture that on the transcript. 
in a way that really made them sparkle and revealed the kind of person that they are. So when, when you're working with other families, how do you help them discover, you know, courses that they can do the same kind of thing with, with their teens? Great question. Great question. Well, in our state, when we do evals, we're sitting, the child's sitting there with the parents. So we're all hearing the same conversation, which Mm -hmm. I love. I love that about our state. Mm -hmm. So when we're sitting with parents and we're looking over students' work, we're being observers. And that's what I tell parents. Be an observer of your child. Look at what lights their face up. Look what they're already engaged in, what they're, what you can foster along the way. And they say, oh, wow, you, like you, you ushered at the Shakespearean theater. How often do you do that? Well, I do that probably once or twice a week, depending on the season. Wow. Oh yeah. I've seen all the plate. Like I've seen Hamlet. I've seen Macbeth. I've seen, and pretty soon you notice they've, they've seen 15 different shows and they've seen them five times a piece. And so you're like, wow, that's Shakespeare theater. Right. So I, I empower the parents to realize, look at what they're already doing, make observations, look for what their light eyes light up at and say, you know what? Come alongside your kids and say, wow, that's amazing. When you empower them and say, you know what? This counts. Like you're, you're spending valuable time learning these amazing things. We can count that. And often the kids' response is, you can? Yeah, I can because the law allows me to do that. Yes. And, and so I can. Legally, I can. But obviously, as a home, as a mom, I can. Absolutely. I want to foster your learning. And mm-hmm. that little nugget of richness to your kids saying, um, it's, a, it's a nugget of affirmation saying what you're doing matters. What you're mm-hmm. doing interests me. Coming alongside. Mm-hmm. Everybody wants people to take note of what they're doing and come alongside and be engaged in it. We all do. It doesn't, it doesn't matter if you're five or 30 or 90. Um, mm-hmm. And so I use that as power to say, okay, you, what you're doing is valuable and I notice it and we're gonna make it count. And how else can I help you? How, what, do you need any other resources? What are the things do you think could be helpful? You know, this is a field that I know nothing about, but obviously you, you are gaining great knowledge as you come along, if there's anything you need, let me know. We can go to the library. We can pray for somebody in our church who might be in that field. We can discuss about how to take Mrs. Smith out to lunch and some interview questions that you can talk to her about, because I don't know that field, but she does. She's an expert in it. So let's go have lunch with her and I'll give you some questions. We'll talk about things you could talk about, where she went to school, what was helpful to her in the field, where she thinks the field's going in five, you know, five years from now. So I try to empower parents with those questions, which I have a blog on that. That's part of what my second book was about, because I noticed that parents just as much as the kids need permission, so do the parents. Um, And when you give the parents permission to realize your creative photography class doesn't need to look like everybody else's creative photography class. For one kid, that's going to be, you know, being a second shooter at a wedding because this Mm -hmm. professional photographer realized your kid's eye for color and said, can you come, I got this big wedding, can you come and just be my second shooter versus another kid who might take it online or another kid who actually might just do independent study and dive into the history and the color and the line and art aspect, you know, all of that. Like there's so much, every single subject is way deeper than any of us could ever imagine. And because the knowledge base keeps changing, there's no way any of us can be an expert in that, but we can 
give that permission to our kids to do that. And as they do, they're learning and it all counts. Yeah, it all counts. And there's, there's not one right way to homeschool. And so the courses that our kids have can be based on how it works for our kids. Like you were talking with the photography and the second shooter, like that really matters to have a kid have a chance to learn in the way that worked for them. So I really appreciate that. Yeah. So if we had a new homeschool mom and she's just starting out high school and, and you want to encourage her to look for these interests and gifts and, and look for ways uh, to, to capture that, what kind of advice would you give her? Oh, that's a great question. Boy, and I would say even this is not just the new homeschool moms. This is all of us because we all in some ways we go to a new season or we just need to be reminded. First of all, be open. I try to keep my hands open because I, you know, the posture, our facial expressions, I realize sometimes I take on a very, not knowingly, obviously, but a reactive kind of a defensive posture. Mm -hmm. So being open and sometimes I even just kind of just let my shoulders drop and count to five because <laughs> I realize if uh -huh. I count to five, I'm going to be much more uh, willing to listen. And then my pastor always says questions invite relationship. Mm -hmm. And I believe that the more I question, you know, gosh, that's a great idea. Tell me more about that. I hadn't even thought about that. That's amazing. Where, where else could we find that? Asking a question not only helps our kids see that they're on the edge of being able to solve a problem. They're on the edge of something that's really amazing. And we all need that drive to realize I can contribute. I can bring value. I can, whatever that next piece is, I'm, I have something to bring to the table. So asking a question allows the child to think about that. And then wait yeah. for a response. Often I ask a question and I jump right in with an answer. <laughs> and the kid's like, can you just wait a minute? I had an answer. So wait a minute. And then affirm and ask other questions and don't fret. Like it doesn't need to look like you thought it would. And it doesn't need, creative mm -hmm. photography doesn't need to look like your neighbor's creative photography class or your, mm -hmm. you know, your high school creative photography class. It doesn't need to, it needs to look like what's right for the student what's right mm -hmm. for your learner at the time. What I love about these interests, the more you think about this process, this is all higher level thinking. Your child learns to be a high level thinker and your child learns to be a time manager. And your child learns the soft skills that employers um, are actually, and, and campuses are really looking for in their candidates. Yeah. Um, and then welcome the unexpected. Um, gosh, it's so hard for us, I guess for me anyway, I'm, even today, you know, we want things, we want to, in a sense, want things to go like we think they're going to go because we can predict mm -hmm. that and we can control that. And so often the most beautiful things that have ever happened in our home are completely unexpected. If you would have asked me about my adult children and the ones that are married and I mean, like they were here this weekend and I, I just love spending time with them. Like they're, yeah. I learn from them, but I look and I'm like, that's not a, at all what I thought. They, they would yeah. do like if you would have said that my second son would have gone to graduate school and got a doctorate in physical therapy I would have went um no not see not seeing that happen science mm -hmm. was not even on the radar until senior year of high school so mm -hmm. you may not see it be welcoming of the unexpected and be willing to be open to possibilities and brainstorm more possibilities the more you brainstorm with your with your uh, high schoolers, the more possibilities that open because honestly, when they start realizing they have the capability of thinking and solving problems instead of us micromanaging, more amazing things come out. It's like any of us. If you or I were given the opportunity to sit in a brainstorming session, 
might go slow, a little bit slow at first because we're learning, but then you amass that and it, oh my goodness, there's so many possibilities. The potential is just, I call it the no ceiling on learning. I don't want to put a ceiling. I don't care if you're third grade, middle school, high school, an adult. Like, I don't want there to be a ceiling on learning. Yes, that's beautiful. Yes. Okay. If you need a high school biology book, because that's going to be helpful for you, by all means, do a high school biology book. There's nothing wrong with that. But again, if we could take the ceiling off of learning, amazing things happen. Beautiful. And I, I think as parents listen to those suggestions and give themselves permission to explore and, and trust that God has plans and, and we can go along with them, even if they don't look like what we thought, you know, <laughs> we can really have wonderful high school years and really give our kids some experiences that will help them develop into the people God wants them to be. Amen. Absolutely. You know, so Cheryl, this, this lovely, can you tell folks how to connect with you and what kind of things you do? Oh my. Well, first of all, I'm a mom, so I'm still in it. Yes. Like, I, it's still rich and real to me. Yes, indeed. Um, so I, I, I've got pretty widespread, like I, I'm working a lot with preschool and, and kindergartner moms all the way up through beyond high school. Um, and I love it. So celebrate simple. CherylBastion.com is my website. And on that blog ranges everything from preschool through high school and beyond. So that would be one place, CherylBastion.com. I'm also on Facebook. I have a Celebrate Simple page, which is, again, for all ages. It's open to the public. Um, it's where I post all of my resources from, like, again, uh, preschool through high school. And then I have a private page at the request of parents um, called Celebrate High School, which is the name of my first high school book. Um, and that's a private page. And so parents can just answer three questions and come in there. That's where they can ask questions or glean from the other mamas that are in there. It, it's so nice to have a community where Absolutely. you can just ask questions. It's safe to ask questions and get support. Yes, and you do that so well at Seven Sisters. Yeah, we love our sisters. So yes. if folks wanted to get your book, would they find that on your website? They can find that. Both Celebrate High School and More Than Credits, which is the newer one. Those are both on my website, and they're also both on Amazon. Oh, so both places. So what I'll do is I will put links to all these things in the show notes. So, cause we have lots of folks who don't have time to listen to the podcast, but they will always read the blog post. So the links will be there. And I'll send you links also to creative photography and cares and concerns for the elder, because I did go into much more detail of what we did and that might be helpful for your listeners as well. Oh, what a great idea. And thank you very much. So that can inspire other yeah. families to do some really creative things. So thank you so much, Cheryl. Absolutely. Everybody, yeah, look up Cheryl on Facebook and on the website. You know, she has worked so hard in the community for, for years now. It's good to have somebody with that kind of resources and experience to help out. Thank you, Vicki, for letting me be on, on the podcast. Yeah, it's our pleasure. So this has been the Homeschool High School Podcast, brought to you by 7sistershomeschool.com and the Ultimate Homeschool Podcast Network. We will see you next week.